0: Well, good morning everybody. We're in the middle of a series that uh, we've titled Can't Google That and uh, we've been kind of going through the, the book of Proverbs together and many of you guys have you know, made that commitment like I'm going to read a, a chapter a day out of the book of Proverbs. Some of you guys have already finished that. Some of you are like, man, I totally forgot about that this week. I want to encourage you to just uh, keep on keeping on with us and uh, we've been looking <clears throat> at this reality that that Google can help us, you know, get, get answers to questions, but when it comes to the most important questions of life, Google's at a loss, right? That, that we can Google knowledge, but we can't Google wisdom. And so uh, I was thinking about this week and, and our topic of generosity today, and um, <laughs> growing up as a kid in the 80s, one of the, one of the things, any other kids of the 80s here? Anyone? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, thank you. Um, Growing up as a kid in the 80s, one of the, one of the like, coolest things that, that, that I wanted to do when I went to the mall was to go to the arcade. And um, it, was, it was the thing I, I look forward to the most. And as I look back on it, like, um, you know, I think that the 80s arcade games were probably you know, the best ever made. I mean, even these newfangled you know, games that kids are playing, they're even going back to Super Mario Brothers. And, you know, back in the day, we had Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man for the ladies. Frogger. I learned how to cross the street by Frogger. How many can I get a witness? Um, Donkey Kong's, all of them, and Tetris. Those were. That's kind of what I what I grew up with. And um, we would work so hard to get to be on the leaderboard, to be like the top ten people. Because when you got to, if you got a really good score, then you would get an opportunity to to identify yourself on the screen, and you you get three letters to be able to identify yourself from and I was always amazed at at how many inappropriate names uh, kids were able to come up with with three letters um, that was that was amazing hey, come on you you, understand, you you saw it anyway here's the thing more importantly than playing those games i love the games where where i'll get these tickets you guys remember these right now they have, I, someone showed me, they, they got these cards now, they're like little credit cards. They don't do tickets anymore, which, which is a, a, a crying shame. But uh, I would work so hard to get tickets like these as a kid. Like I would work at Skee-Ball. Anybody? Skee-Ball? You guys know what I'm talking about, Ski ball um, I, I'd work at that basketball hoop game. I know it was a smaller hoop, but you know what? You just got to, that's what the preseason's for, right? I mean, you work at it. I never did the coin pusher because I thought it was a waste of money, um, but, but th- there were a few games that, like, I, just, th- th- that I just poured my, 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 whole, my whole self into, and there was nothing greater than seeing all of these things just pour out onto the ground as you're playing a game. It was like the most worth and accomplishment that a kid in the 80s could have, and, um, and, and, and we were proud of it, and everybody was saving up for something. Everybody was always saving up for, for, for something out, out of the prize, like at the prize counter. My sister wanted like a life-size like stuffed animal, some stupid, I don't know. And like for me, like the, the thing that I wanted was the Sega Genesis. Um, I, had, I had a Nintendo and, and the thing that I, I just thought, man, if I could only save up 25,000 of these, <laughs> then I, I will have... My, my Sega Genesis, and so I, I, just, I just kept doing it. So we go home, my sister and I, we we'd count up our tickets, right? And we'd know how many tickets we had because we had a little container for them. And I saved up for a couple years. And you know what? I, finally, I cashed them all in. You know what I got? This. <laughs> this thing. This thing right here. That's what you get with all your tickets. I was so close to getting a Sega Genesis, or at least I thought it was. And I was like, what can I get? And they're like, yeah, you can get one of these. It's Like This? This is all I get for all of my hard work, right? Yeah, this is what you get. So we get into this crazy arcade cycle. And, and some of you guys know this if you grew up with this, but if you got kids, you understand what it's like. You, you work hard to get your tickets. That's what the first thing is. That's what the preseason's for, like I said. And then you, you, you hoard your tickets. You count them up. You, you, kinda, you gather them all together and you figure out how many you have. And there's, just to make this very clear, there's no sharing of tickets, you don't share your tickets. Your tickets are your tickets. The, you've earned those tickets. You worked hard for those tickets. And, and I'm not a mathematician, but I know this. If I give one ticket away to my sister, that means I have one less ticket. And that she has more tickets. And so we know this to be true. You work hard for them. You, you work really great at skee-ball. You hoard the tickets. You save the tickets. Full disclosure, I used to, like, actually troll around the arcade looking for tickets. You guys ever do this? Like I was that kid, that would just be looking around the floor, looking under machines, you know, and you, you go up to the skee-ball machine, you're kind of watching somebody, just hoping that they walk away without grabbing their tickets, or they got like a half a ticket sticking out, and you're like, dude, I got the other half, and you rip it off, and you're like, I can paste those two together so I can get another ticket. Sometimes I would just sit around the corner, just like a ticket beggar. <laughs> you know, you just like, you've seen those kids at the arcade, who are like, if only I had five more tickets, I would be able to get something, right? And just waiting for some poor schmuck to come up and be like, here you go, kid. Here's my tickets. You'd be like, yes, sucker, right? You're like, because, because it was all about getting more tickets. And then you go. You finally get enough. You hoard all your tickets. Then you go to redeem them. And this is what it looks like. You walk up to the prize counter with all of your tickets. And you've got a bag full of tickets, and it's always disappointing. Always disappointing. It's pretty much the, the biggest sham of childhood this experience because why because it offers something it promises something that it never delivers on that Sega Genesis was there for five years it literally collected dust I never met a kid who was like dude yeah I just saved up about 25,000 of these and got my Sega Genesis like nobody ever did that and it was so disillusioning because I could never save up enough tickets to get what I want really wanted to be able to get so what what I do is I I'd end up going up and I would settle I would settle for the lesser prize. I would settle for this. I'd go up thinking I got enough for the Sega Genesis. And then I'd, they'd come away and they'd be like, well, you got enough to get one of these and a pixie stick. And I'd be like, okay, fine. Right? You walk away with one of these and a pixie stick. and you're. But here's the thing. As you were redeeming all of your tickets, your hard-earned tickets for some crappy prize, you realize all the things you could have had. And these are the thoughts that go through a kid. It, for, for me, it was like, man, if only, if only I had tried harder, if only I had a steadier hand, if only I, I, I had, like, done more work in the preseason, then I could have made something of myself. Like, you know what I mean? If only I had, I had worked harder at the basketball game and, and, and really focused, I could, have, I could have done something better. And we find ourselves falling back into this crazy ticket cycle over and over again. This is what I found, like, this is, this is my life, and the cycle began all over and over, over again, and nobody ever wins. Now... That's me as a kid, right? That's a little snapshot into my life. And you grow up, right? Like, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I, ho- I hope you grew up. Now, here, here's the deal. We grow up. Now, what happens? Well, the tickets look a little different. They kind of look a little bit like this. They get a little bit bigger, and they're not all connected, uh, and, and, they're, and they're, they're green, right? But, but here, here's the similarity, The crazy cycle looks eerily similar, doesn't it? It looks looks eerily similar. Because we get into this cycle of of like, I'm going to work hard so that I can get more tickets. And then I'm going to count the tickets and I'm going to hoard the tickets. I'm going to wish that I had more tickets and I'm going to worry that I don't have enough tickets. And so that I hoard them. Why? Because they're they're my tickets. And if I give you a ticket, I'm not a mathematician, but if I gave you a ticket, that means I'm going to have less tickets and I need tickets. I need tickets to buy things that I need and things that I want, both now and in my future. We find ourselves into this crazy ticket cycle even as we're grown up. I can never get enough of them, and nobody ever feels like they're winning when it comes to this this whole idea. Because as soon as I redeem the tickets for something that, that I want, I automatically look at something that I wish I could have gotten. Like, yeah, I got this, but, but I really wanted something new. I didn't want the used thing. I really wish that I could have gotten this. And what we find is that it's deceitful. This whole crazy arcade ticket cycle, right? It's deceitful. Why? Because they promise something that they just don't deliver on. And this isn't something new. This isn't something that just like, oh yeah, Justin, you're just like a crazy kid in the 80s. This isn't just something that like, you know, I, I, I've learned as an adult. This is something like that it goes back all the way. Solomon talks about this all throughout the book of Proverbs. We have to talk about it. Why? Because he mentions it so many times about what we're supposed to do with the tickets that have been given to us. And he says something, I'm about ready to read it to you in Proverbs chapter 11. He says something, I'm preparing you. He says something that is so counterintuitive. I want you to catch this. He says something that goes against what this world's crazy arcade cycle of tickets has taught us. And this is what he says in Proverbs 11, verse 24. He says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Now, we like that. Like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. We Maybe maybe are not, we nod our heads to that, but I really want you to process that, that proverb. Really, really, really take that in, because if you really, really start thinking about it, it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense logically, it doesn't make sense rationally, and it certainly doesn't make sense fiscally to think the generous their world gets larger and larger. Because what I know, and I'm not a mathematician, but what I know is when I have this amount of tickets and I give a ticket away, it gets smaller. My stack doesn't get bigger, it gets smaller. And yet we see all throughout the Bible, all throughout the book of Proverbs, that the generous world gets larger and larger. And it goes against what we kind of think, the thought process that we've been raised in, essentially this is what he's saying. He's saying that if we put our hope in money, our world and our influence shrinks. But if we put our hope in God, then our world and our influence grows. And it flies in the face of what we, what we think, flies in the face of this crazy arcade cycle that, that many of us live within. And yet, if we're gut level honest, we know we, we know that most of us can look at what we earn right now and we've lived on less and we still feel like we don't have enough tickets. You ever been there? You, you, you look at what you, what, maybe what you earn right now and you've actually lived on less than what you earn now and yet you still feel like I just don't have enough tickets. I didn't have enough tickets then and I still don't have enough tickets now. I just need more tickets. That's the answer. But what I find is, is that the more tickets I get, the more I want to consume. The more tickets I get, the more I want to consume. And Jesus confronts this in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So, why does Jesus say that? If you're taking notes, it's this, because money promises what only God can provide. Money promises what only God can provide. So let's go through this. I got some notes here. What, what what are what are some things that money promises that only God can provide? The first one, happiness. Happiness. Well, if I just had a little bit more, if I just if I just got this raise, if I could just get this just a, just a little bit more, then I would achieve happiness. Then I would be able to have the thing that that that, that will make me happy. It's funny. I was. I, I was uh, eating some uh, Chinese food this week. We ordered some Chinese food, and, and, and every time we eat Chinese food as a family, we all break open those, uh, those fortune cookies, and we go around and, and we read our, our fortune cookie, and you're like, that's horrible. Just get over it. Okay, so it's funny. Um, and this is the one that my son got. I saved it. He says this, love yourself first, and everything falls into line. My wife literally goes, well, that's a lie. <laughs> when was the last time you being selfish, everything just kind of happened? Like everything, you know, your wife was just so happy with you and everything just happened. Because as long as you just love yourself and you just take care of yourself first, everything else would just kind of take care of itself, right? When has that ever been true? Well, apparently, apparently it's true. I don't know. That's what my fortune cookie told me. Just a little wisdom from our fortune cookie. Now, here's the thing. Paul warns Timothy about this fortune cookie. He says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our what? Enjoyment. Enjoyment. He provides everything for our enjoyment. And then he says, verse 18, command them to do good. Not, not suggest, not, hey, maybe it'd be a good idea if you were. No, he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And see, here's the thing. This is the sticker. Like, whether we feel like it or not, Paul's talking to us. When you're like, well, I'm not rich. Now, you, as far as the world's standards are, every single one of us in here is rich. So this is who he's talking to. He's talking to the rich. And he says to us, don't put your hope in wealth. Don't put your hope in tickets. He says, put your hope in God. Why? Because he is your source. Because he is your provider. Don't put your hope in wealth. He says, don't put your hope in riches. Rather, this is what he says, be, learn to be rich. In other words, Do well at being rich. All of us are rich, but be good at being rich. In other words, he says, be good in riching. Be be rich in giving. Be rich in generosity. Be rich in in good deeds. That's what we want to be rich in. And Paul's reminding Timothy over and over and over again. If you put your hope in money, you're always going to be hoping. I hope, I hope, I hope. But if you put your hope in God, you'll always be happy. That's the first thing he says. So we, we find that only God can provide happiness. The second one is this, is satisfaction. Money tells us like if, if you just get just a little bit more, then you'll be satisfied. Then you'll finally have arrived. But Proverbs 21, Solomon says in verse 26, All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. All day long he craves for more. I, I I'm gonna be satisfied. If I just have more, I'll be satisfied, I'll be satisfied. But the righteous give without sparing. When we put our hope in money, we're always wanting what we don't have. But, but those who trust and put their hope in God will always be generous with what they do have. Because I, I I don't know, I sometimes get in this place: if only I had more, then I would give more. Is that true? It is true if you're giving more with what you currently have, but if you're not giving, if you're not living a generous life now, giving you more isn't going to necessarily guarantee that you're going to give more, right? Right. That's what we know to be true. It's what I know to be true, that that those who trust in riches never have enough. If you're looking for, for riches to bring you satisfaction, you will never have enough, but those who trust in God always have more. So, it's the generous that, who find satisfaction that only God can provide. The third one is this, if you're taking notes, is peace. Peace. If, you, if you're trying to find, you know, peace through, through, through money, you're going you're gonna to find that you're going to be short every single time. That so many times that we think of money, if I can just get a little bit more money, then I'm not going to have this fear. I won't have anxiety. I won't have worry. All of those things will be wiped away. Why? Because I'll have the peace that will come. If I could just get a little bit more money, that's what, we, that's what we run after. Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Let me read it again. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. In other words, it's better, it's better to have a little money with a lot of God than a lot of money without him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? I mean, that's a hard thing. Because here's to be honest, like, I don't know. A little bit more money would probably solve a lot of my problems, right? Like, but here's the problem. I'm sitting here thinking if I just had a little bit more, then I will have achieved, right? The problem is, is you're sitting next to somebody that's making what you think you need to have peace. And they're thinking, if only I had a little bit more, then I would achieve peace. What? It's this circle thing. It's this crazy, crazy arcade cycle of going and keep going. We keep going. We think, if I can just get a little bit more, if I can just save a little more tickets, if I can just hoard a little more tickets, then I'm going to be able to redeem them and have the peace that will come through redeeming my tickets. And We always come up short. The fourth one is this, security. Money promises that if we get a little bit more, Then we'll have security. We'll finally feel secure. Proverbs 18.11 says, The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Let me read this in the message paraphrase because I think that we can miss it in that. He says this, The rich think their wealth protects them. They imagine themselves safe behind it. In other words, trusting in riches gives you a false sense of security. Why? Because I'm tempted to think, if I can just get a few more tickets, if I can just just save up a few more of these, then I'll have enough, then I'll be happy, then I'll be able to have that thing that I want to get, and then I'll have security. But it's this drive for security found in money that causes us to rationalize our compromise of our integrity. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're trying to find all of your security and money, then fudging on your taxes just seems normal. After all, Uncle Sam takes much more than he deserves. Am I right? But if you're trying, listen, if you're trying to find, you know, your security and money, then just like fudging on your taxes is just kind of what everybody does. It's kind what of you, what you have to do. If you're trying to, to find your, your, your security and money, then, then essentially, like, man, it doesn't matter how you get more tickets, just get more tickets. Because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how you got them, what you had to do to get them, who you had to buy cheap, steal, whatever to get them. Just get more of them. Because the end goal is to get more tickets. And if you get more tickets, then you'll have more security. But what we find is that if your security is found in God, then all you have is your integrity. And all God is after is your heart. And all of a sudden, the things that once seemed to be like, oh, this is kind of what I need to do to be able to get security, all of those pale in comparison to being obedient and serving God. That's what it looks like. So, I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, I don't know if, if I agree with this. Like, you, you really don't need more money. More money is not the answer to your problems. you be like, well, I understand that. Like, yeah, I'd like to get a raise. i like more money. You'd like more money. You'd like to get, what? I understand that. But what we really need is more of Jesus. What we really need is to is to is to get centered on the, on the reality that like we need to be focused on our source, not just on our stack, not just adding to this this stack and, and making this bigger. Because what we know intuitively is this that money will not give you joy. It will not give you love. It will not give you peace. Why? Because those aren't the fruit of wealth, those are the fruit of the Spirit. So we're looking for the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We're looking for all of those things in wealth. If I could just get a little more tickets, then I'll be able to achieve these. And God's saying, no, 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 you don't understand. You can't find those things in wealth. Those things are only provided through me. Those are gifts of the Spirit, not gifts and fruits of wealth. It's what we know to be true. We, and we know that, that more money is not going to give you peace. More money is not going to give you joy. More money is not going to keep your, your kids off of drugs. More money is not going to fix your marriage. More money is not going to make you happy. But more of God will transform your life. More of God will transform your marriage. More of God will transform your, 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 your kids, your family. More of God will transform everything that we know to be true. And when we really start getting this, we stop putting our hope in our stack, in our tickets And we start putting our hope in our source because it's the pathway to blessing in our life. It's really quiet in here. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this, given it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, I love this, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you're taking notes, I think in the notes it says this generosity is not measured by what I can by what I can contain by what 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 flows through our hands. Yes. That's how generosity is measured. God's not like us. God God is not impressed with riches. He's impressed by generosity. I can be impressed by riches. I can be impressed by, by the big house, the, the, the big money. I can be impressed by the stack. But God's not impressed by that. He's actually more impressed by generosity. How do we know this? Well, here's a story in Luke chapter 21. As Jesus, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. In other words, she gave like two pennies in the offering. Two pennies. She walks up, she puts in two pennies. And what if I told you that this was an extravagant offering? You'd be like, Dude, I just gave more than two pennies. Come on, that's not that extravagant. What if I told you that she gave more than any of us in here? This is what Jesus says. He gathers everyone around. He goes, okay, guys, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You see this woman, she just put in two pennies. <laughs> and he says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All other people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put it all that she had to live on. Mm-hmm. Jesus was not impressed by riches, he was impressed by generosity. Jesus is less interested in the amount, and he's more interested in the heart. Yes. Right. So, don't just get rich, be rich be rich in good deeds, be rich in generosity, be rich in, be rich in giving, leverage what you have for the benefit of others. Because the enemy of generosity is selfishness. The enemy of generosity is selfishness. Did you know that you can give selfishly? You know that? Like, like, sometimes you think like, oh, I, I can, I, whenever, if I give, then it's generous. No, 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 no. You can actually give pretty selfishly. What does that mean? Well, if you give generously, that means that you're giving without expect of anything in return. But if you give selfishly, sometimes you can give expecting that God owes you something. So, yeah, God, listen, I'm I'm honoring you with my tithe and I'm giving of this. I'm just wanting you to know that I'm kind of expecting something like a wife or something would be really great, like... I know, and don't tell me it's heaven because I'm not giving so that, because you already gave me that. I want something that I can touch and feel. I, I, I want to be able to get some cash back from this investment that I'm making in this heavenly account. You can give selfishly. Generosity is the, is, is the enemy of selfishness. Generosity is simply realizing that, that everything that you've been given is not just so that you can add it to your stack. And I just want you to know, like I, I, I was as, as we were going through this, I was I was like, I was preparing this week, and I'm thinking, Lord, you know, I, I'm preaching on giving. Um, you know, it, it's usually, you know, you guys are usually waving hankies and stuff by this point, but. Um, <laughs> and the Lord started bringing bringing back all the all these all this revelation to me, and I was realizing. How grateful I am to be able to be pastoring a church of such irrational, generous people. Amen. Like, I, I don't think you realize how crazy you are. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you get it. I don't think you understand, like, how amazing, because pastors talk, you know. Like, I, I have friends in other churches and stuff like that. Like, I just want you to know, this is one of the most generous churches that I've ever been a part of. And for some of you, you know, oh, give yourself a That's a Amen. Listen, for some of you, this may be a hard message, but I think for most of you, I hope and I pray that you're like, thank you. Thank you for preaching this, because I have continually been trying to live a life of generosity, and it's such an affirmation. It's such a confirmation of the life that I'm trying to lead. I hope that this is an encouragement to many of you. I hope it is. Because I'm so blessed to be able to lead a group of people that are so obedient and submissive to the Lord and honoring of God when it comes to generosity. Our weekly giving, just so you know, our weekly giving is trending higher than it's been in years. It's really and truly, it is. It's amazing. Like, it's, it's not, listen, I'm not preaching this message because we need money, because you see that, our, that the giving might be down, or because there's something in it for me. Like, this is, the, this is this reality. Like, God is continually blessing us. And you guys are crazy because you don't even, you, you give tithe, and then you give above and beyond that. Can I just give you a snapshot of what you crazy people have done? Over the past eight months, eight months, you guys have given above and beyond Seventy five thousand dollars to Nigeria. Come on. on. Seventy. Maybe you don't remember this, but when we had Toon Day here, it was about eight, little eight and a half months ago, Pastor Jeff got up here and said, okay, I need some people to stand up and say, I'm willing to help build a church or sponsor a missions pastor. And a bunch of you stood up and got up and said, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know what You know what normally happens? People are like, yeah, I'll stand up, but they didn't get my social security number, so I'm good. You know what I mean? You just walk away. I conveniently forgot about the fact that I stood up, or I was just standing up and go to the bathroom, you know, or stretching my back. But here's the reality. Y'all didn't do that. $75,000 later, we've had... That's enough to build 10 churches, seven of which are already built. It's enough, it's enough to sponsor 22 missions pastors. 22 missions pastors in Nigeria. It's ridiculous. It's irrational. Y'all don't make any sense. I just, I just want to encourage you. This message, look, when we're talking about giving, this is not because, oh man, we really need to hear this, our, our giving's down. No, I'm just telling you, we're doing an amazing job and keep going because God has even more in store for us. Amen? And it's the pathway for blessing. You guys are crazy. Look, outside of this door, we've got two Christmas trees and there's like, oh, I don't know, 200 of those little tags on there for, for presents for foster kids in York County and families in our church. Here's the reality. By next week, most of them are going to be gone. Why? Because you're crazy. People are, like, fighting over things. You think it's like Tickle Me Elmo out there. You know what I mean? Get out of my way. You know, like, I'm going to buy that. No, like, it's, it's crazy. Why? Because you're a rationally generous people. Because you're investing not just in yourself, not just saying, well, whatever I get I can add to my stack. You're realizing that whatever I get is from the Lord. I thank you, God, that you're my source, that you're my provider. Lord, what do you want me to do with that which you've given me? And it changes the way you look at it. It changes the way you redeem your... Tickets and I'll tell you, when the Lord redeems your tickets, all of a sudden you find that there's an economy of the Lord where there's where there's increase, where there should be no increase. That's right. That's right. Where where we think in addition, God thinks in exponentials, right? All of a sudden now we see blessing come where it just doesn't even make sense. So I say all that because you're irrationally generous. Mm-hmm. I, I'm privileged to pastor a church that is this irrationally generous. Some of you guys, people will look at you cross-eyed and they'll ask you like, why, why would you tithe? Why would you give 10% of your income away? I mean, I don't even understand how you, you can even live on that. And those of you who are trusting God in your tithe would look and say, I, I can't afford not to. I can't I not afford not to honor the Lord with my tithe. Why? It's because it's, it's the only time that God tells him to test him. And, and it's because when we honor God with our, with our generosity, it is a pathway for blessing in our life. That's right. And It doesn't make sense financially. It doesn't make sense logically. I'm just telling you, as I read scripture after scripture after scripture, generosity is the pathway to blessing in your life. It is. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. That's good news. Even if you don't have vats of wine and a barn to put it in. It just means increase, amen? Right? Now here's the thing. As your pastor, just I, I, please do not give because I'm talking about giving. Don't give because I'm preaching about it. Don't, don't give because you're coerced. Don't give because, look, I'm not going to be bringing out some, some, some holy water from Israel and telling you, if you just give a donation of $10, I'll give you this holy water. Please, I'm not bribing you. Don't give because you're coerced. Don't give because we're talking about it. Don't, listen, the only reason you should be giving is because you're being obedient to the word of God in your life. I really mean it. Don't give because you're looking at the, the offerings look like they might be a little bit down. Don't give because, because in your own estimation, this local church needs money or doesn't need your money. Don't ever give for those reasons. Right. Give because you're being obedient to the word of God in your life. Yeah. If you want to honor me, if you want to honor the Lord, give because you're being obedient to God. Not for any other reason. Amen? Yeah. So don't feel like, like oh man, well, the pastor's talking about this. It must be bit. No, it's not even the case. Be generous because God is your source and if that's true, then he's in charge and you can trust him. You can trust him, you can trust him, you can trust him. The last point is this. Generous people leave a legacy for others. Generous people leave a legacy for others. Psalm chapter 112, verse nine says, they share freely and generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. A generous life is a legacy-building life. It's not a life of of, of random acts of giving. It's a legacy-building life. Sometimes people think they're generous when they give random acts of generosity. That's not a life of generosity. Anybody can be good at random acts of generosity. I can be good. You don't even have to be a Christian to be good at random acts of generosity. You put enough starving kids on the TV screen in front of me. You put a, you put a beggar next to my window. You put somebody ring-a-ding-ding in ding a, a bell outside a Walmart. You put somebody in front of me that, that has a real need. I'm going to give to it. Anybody would give to that. It's a random act of generosity. That is not what God's talking about. He's talking about building a life, a legacy of generosity. That's what he calls us to. And, and, and so we're talking, and, you know, I, I was thinking about this. Um, <laughs> generous people go, go above and beyond guilt. They, they don't give out of guilt. A generous person can hear a plea and say no to it. You know that? Yeah. G- generosity doesn't mean like, oh, man, you're asking me for money. I guess I have to give it to you. No, a generous person just says, no, that's not exactly what the, God, what the Lord's called me to. So, no, because, because I'm focused on what it is that God has called me to. A generous person gives above and beyond coercion. So why don't you stand up with me? I'm going to hand these things out. <clears throat> um, I, I'm going to have the, the ushers go around, and, and they're going to be passing out these little tickets for you. Um, we're not going to take a 50-50 raffle, so don't think we're getting all, getting all crazy on you here. Uh, this is, th- these are free. I'm going to give you these. you um, You're welcome. And uh, just take one and, and pass, pass the basket around. And as I talk, I'm going to just be passing these things out. Um, when my daughter was young, I'm going to tell you a story. When my daughter was young, one of the, one of the greatest things that, that we could do as like father-daughter time was to go out to Wendy's together. And so uh, we would go out to Wendy's. And there was this one time in particular that I remember when I think I, I bought her like a, a kid's meal. And I wasn't really that hungry, so I didn't, I didn't buy something for myself. And we're sitting across at the table in Wendy's talking. And I look over and I see a french fry that had just kind of fallen off to the side. And so I just reached over and I grabbed it. And I ate it. (laughs) She looked at me with like abject horror. Her eyes were huge. And with just this indignation, she said what every kid knows. Like their first words, she says, That's mine. It's mine. Right? If you've got kids, you understand this, right? (laughs) She says, that's mine. And immediately, three thoughts went through my head. The first one was this. All of those fries were actually mine. (laughs) Why? I bought them. (laughs) Right? The second thought that went through my head was this. You wouldn't have any French fries unless I provided them for you. You're welcome, right? You're getting it now. Come on. you understand where I'm going here? The third thing that went through my head was this. I don't need your fries. I can buy my own. Come on. I just wanted her to learn how to be unselfish. I wanted her to learn how to share. I wanted her to learn how to be generous. And and I kind of think that that's how God deals with us. I think he deals with us very, very similar. I think sometimes God is more like just our heavenly father than what sometimes we we like to think of him as. He demands us to be generous, not because he needs our money, not because he just likes us to give, but because he wants us to learn how to be generous. That's why God calls us to give because he knows how we handle our treasure towards him is a direct measurement of how we handle our hearts towards him. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke 12:34 says, "For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." In other words, we can't say that God has our hearts if he doesn't have our treasure. So, I just want to encourage you as, 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 I, as I pray, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about this morning? I'm not going to, we're not taking an offering. We're not, listen, come on. This, this, this is legit, like, this ticket, I hope, is a reminder to you. Maybe you put it in your Bible as a bookmark. Maybe you put it on your desk at work, or you put it in your wallet or your purse so that you come across it. But, but I hope that it's a reminder that, all of your tickets come from God. Every one of them comes from your source. All of the money comes from your source, your provider. And it's not you. All of the French fries come from the Lord of the fries. See what I did there? Thank you, thank you. Ah, you finally, I thought you were sleeping. All right, that's good. They all come from your heavenly Father. He is who richly provides everything for your enjoyment. That's what he says. That's what he says. That's what he says. That's what he he has to say about it. He provides all of it for our enjoyment. And so as I pray right now, I I just want to encourage you. If God's speaking to you about any area of your life when it comes to generosity, all I want you to use is use this as a point of contact as you're praying as maybe you're you're at a place where maybe for some of you, this is just an affirmation and a confirmation of, God, thank you so much for reminding me that you are my source, that you are my provision, that you are my provider, that you're my all in all. Everything I have comes from you. God, I thank you for that reminder. Some of you just needed that today. Some of you have, are in this place where like, yeah, and you kind of know that, but it's kind of fallen away and you've gotten into this crazy arcade cycle where you think, i got to work hard to earn more tickets, hoard the tickets, count the tickets, redeem the tickets, get disillusioned by what I get out of these tickets. I need more tickets. Maybe you come to this place where you're like, I'm getting off the crazy arcade cycle. Lord Jesus, order my steps. Got to give you my finances today. Take them. Because you're a better financier than I am, Lord. And so I just, if you just lock your hearts in with me as I pray, hold on to your ticket, Lord Jesus, God, I give you, I give you this. I give you my finances. I give you my heart today. Lord, I, I, I realize that I have been trying to redeem my money for things that only bring me disillusionment that I've been trying to find peace, love, joy, satisfaction, enjoyment in life. I've been trying to find all of those things in money when they can only be provided by you, Jesus. And so I submit to you today, and I ask you, God, today, that you would redeem my money, that you would redeem my ticket, Jesus. And I refuse to put my hope and trust in my stack. I put my hope and my trust in my source, Jesus. And I realize that in order for you to have my heart, then you have to have my treasure and so lord i pray that today would be a new day help us to live a generous life a life after you because you've been so generous towards us and so lord i pray that you would speak to us each and every single one of us about the area of generosity in our life whatever that means god we want to be obedient to your word we don't want to give out of, out of, uh, of feeling like coerced or bribery, whatever. God, God, we give out of obedience to what it is that you're calling us to do. I want to have a larger life, a larger footprint, a larger influence. I want to have the pathway of blessing in my life. And so I trust you, Lord, with the stuff that is close to my heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. Well, listen, I just want to encourage you today. I just want to encourage you today, as you, as you walk out today, hold on to this. Use this as a point, of, a point of prayer contact to remind you that everything you have, everything you own, everything you've earned comes from the provider, your source, your all in all. It doesn't come from anything else other than God. And so if that's true, then he gets to dictate where and how it's used. He's the Lord of the fries. Amen? Amen? All right. God bless you. Have a great day.